judgment is the name of Jesus what relying on the Bible says at the name of Jesus every knee bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord at the name at the name. Is the name sufficient for you? Is it sufficient? Is it what relying on? Is it sufficient? Just thank him this evening for his name giving us his name. The Bible says there's no other name under heaven where would you man be saved? Just thank him for his name. Thank him for his name. Thank him for his name. Father, this evening we want to thank you for that name, for the opportunity to be able to be bearers and carriers of your name. We thank you bless your name. This evening our confession is your name is sufficient. Your name is what depending on. Father we thank you. Thank you for anyone this evening we're having an issue we just want you God this evening to just console them with that name and let everyone under the sound of my voice know that the name of the Lord is a strong tower can run into it and be covered and be sheltered. Father, we thank you. We bless your holy name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we worship. Amen. 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 Just, just take your seat. Let's. Uh, so we'll try and uh, discuss on what we uh, heard the message on Sunday, and I also wanted to put it at the back of your mind that, you know, we, uh, we are fasting today, so we are going to pray, you know, based on some of the prayer points of uh, fasting today. But um, I don't know about you, but um, on Sunday, that message was really, 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 you know, uh, I don't know what adjective to qualify it, but it, I mean, it, it made me see a different perspective. It made me see things from a different, completely different perspective. I don't know about you, but I saw something different about me. Uh, it, was, it was like a mirror, you know, that was put in front of me to see who I really am. So I don't know about you, but that, that was the effect it had on me. All right? Uh, but let me just summarize it, and then I'll just throw it out there, and we'll just talk about it so that, you know, we can all learn from each other what we, you know, the different areas that we learned. And the thing about God is, you know, uh, nobody has uh, 
a monotony or yeah, a, 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 nobody has the monopoly, so to say. Nobody has a monopoly of knowledge. All right. So a message is preached. We all see it from different angles, depending on where God uses to meet us. The Bible declares that God will meet every man at his point of need. So a message is preached. You see it from your own perspective, where it meets your need. I see it from a different perspective, where it meets my needs. Um, so this evening, we just want to come together and just, you know, share and just allow ourselves to learn from one another. All right. I, I think he read from Matthew 22, and he did not complete the reading. He just took off because the thing was too much for him. <laughs> he said, um, this was the story of how, you know, they wanted to trap Jesus Christ, and they wanted by making him contradict, you know, uh, his teachings with uh, the laws or the existing laws, especially in terms of taxation. And they came and asked him, and they said, in Matthew verse 22, they said, uh, do you think we should pay tribute to Caesar? You are the guy that is talking about God. You talk about God so much. You talk about how, you know, God is the beginning and the end and everything. So, do you think it's important that we pay tribute to Caesar? And Jesus told them, say, show me a coin. Uh, let's look at it. Uh, from verse 19. It says, Show me the tribute money, or show me the money. And they brought unto him a penny, and he said unto them, Whose image, uh, whose is this image and subscription? And they said unto him, Caesar's. Then he said unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. And, you know, the main thing, what, what he talked about was about the inscription, the image. And he made a powerful illustration with money that, I mean, it just stayed in my brain. I'm, uh, I'm not a very, I'm not too smart, so I need illustrations, I need visuals to be able to, you know, comprehend certain things. So sometimes you just, I just need visuals. And he made that powerful illustration with money that... When you see money, whatever inscription that is on it, it gives it value. And for many of us, uh, I don't know if uh, many of us, because majority of us here, you know, are from, you know, third world countries. We're from, you know, we're from Nigeria. And immediately he said that my mind just went back to the kind of money that was in Nigeria. Because he talked about, you know, you can squeeze the money, you can kick it and stamp on it and everything. But at the end of the day, when the owner of the money is ready to spend it, it still maintains its value. Right? And I remember some kind of money that was spent in Nigeria in those days. I mean, it's like, if you touch this money, you are going to get leprosy immediately. That's how bad they were. If you know this kind of money, they were bad. In fact, they stank. They were, they were stinking money. But you see, when you go to use the money, they will still give you the same change. I mean, it still has the same value. So I was wondering in my mind that, the, you know, the, if, if you live in the U.S., you might, you might not really get the illustration, how powerful that illustration was, because almost every, every dollar here is clean. When it's, getting, when it's going out of, you know, it's getting, you know, damaged and all that, they would draw it and go and print another one. But in Nigeria, they leave it. A dollar can run for 10, 20, I mean, a naira can run for 10, 20 years, past and thousands of times, and, you know, if you look at it bodily, it is battered. And I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at Christians. I'm looking at myself. I'm looking at my life. And I'm like, so it does not matter how battered I am, how, how, how terrible my situation is. When God is ready to expend me, my value still comes back the same. 
It is not, you know, it, it is not, you know, the situations that have come across, the situations that has dealt with me. It is not the situations. The situations don't damage my value. Now, they might, they might make me look ugly. They might make me look unacceptable to you if you are looking at it from the eyes of the natural. But as far as God is concerned, when God is ready to use me, when God is ready for me, my value can never be diminished by anything. That was very, very powerful for me. It was, it was extremely powerful. I don't know about you, but that's one of the things, you know, when I got that, when I got that, I didn't hear any other thing, to be honest with you. Immediately he said that I didn't hear any other thing because there's a way I listen to messages. A lot of times, you know, you might say a lot of things and I'm not listening. Once I get something, once I zero in into something, you know, that thing can take me for months. I'll just be chewing on it and be, and be thinking and be ruminating on it and be expanding. That's why I listen to messages. So a lot of times, and that's why sometimes I don't take, I don't take notes. I'm not saying taking notes. It's not this thing because I'm looking for something that I'm going to zero in. And I know that that thing can last me for the next one month, two months, just chewing on it. But that was a really, really, really powerful illustration. And immediately he said that, I just went, my mind just went to the prodigal son. As battered as he was, he was eating with pigs. He was eating with, you know, he was eating animals. He, his, his reputation was gone. There was nothing about him that was comely. But immediately his father set eyes on him. His value remained the same. It was like he never left home. It was like nothing ever happened. So, I don't know about you, but I'm throwing it open now. What is, you know, I'm throwing this open. I just want to, I don't want to, I don't want to preach. If I, if I want to preach about this now, I'll just go. <laughs> Praise God. Um, another thing that ministered to me was when he said that you really have to know your identity, know who you are in Christ because people will come and try to give you other names like they did to Jesus. Jesus knew who he was. And so when the disciples say, some said you are John the Baptist, some say you are Elijah and all that, he knew who he was. And then when Peter got the revelation, he agreed. So similarly, if we are confused who we are in Christ, the identity that we have, then we will be tempted to accept whatever people throw at us or labels that they may give us. And that can really, you know, bring us down. If we are looking for people, you know, to accept us, look for what they will say about us and then hold on to that. Amen. So that's another perspective. The perspective is... You know, sometimes why, you know, your value does not diminish, all right? Your value never diminishes. But sometimes why, you know, we don't, we don't, uh, we, how did he put it? He put it somehow. Why we don't thrive or why we don't, you know, why we don't excel or why we're not productive spiritually is because we don't understand the identity. So all the battering has taken so much on us. All the labelings, all the everything, take, you know, they take so much away from what we really are. So, in the eyes of God, yes. In reality, in spiritual reality, yes, your identity does not change. But it's what you do with your identity. I think that's what, you know, I get from that. It's what you do with your identity. And before you are able to exercise your identity or do something with your identity, you have to come to a place where you know who you are. And you know that no matter what the situation is or the circumstance is, 
no matter what is happening around you, you still remain the person that God has called you or made you to be. All right? Any other thing? Any other? Any other thing? Uh, just in addition to what she just said, uh, most of us that came from community background, so in a community setup, definitely there are names that people tag you with. And sometimes if you remain in that community, that name begins to speak and at a stage you begin to take on to that name. And then not only that, if you look up to some people, maybe who are either more educated than you or richer than you, and then you begin to interact and begin to like what they do. And if they give you a name, which is not supposed to be what you are supposed to be on earth or in the community, there is tendency for you to accept that. So when I heard that message, it's like, whatever name is given to you by anybody, even if it is from your pastor, and you know within yourself that that is not who you are, you don't need to accept it. Praise the Lord. Uh, uh, the man of God said that uh, the more Jesus you know, the more you, your, your identity is revealed to you. So that's what, you know, the more I, I said that as Jesus is so are we. You know, the Bible said that, you know, I, Pastor used to say that we should fight, that whenever we are fighting, we should fight from the point of victory. So, that revelation opened my eyes more. The Bible said that Jesus Christ seated at the heavenly places, far above principalities and powers. So I now see myself there. Wherever he sits is where I sit. Praise the Lord. Well, I was somewhere today and um, my, myself and the person were discussing. And he said, where are you from? Are you evil? I said, no. Uh, the wife was evil. He said, you look like one. I said, well, I'm married to an evil <laughs> lady. He said, from what, you know, they always ask from which part of. I said, Imo State, Imo State. Which part were? I said, Imbishe. Eh? <laughs> now, I heard that from my late father. In those days before we got married, and it was capital no. Because he was giving me the history of those environment that, you don't go to that place. They will say, if you see a snake, <laughs> and you see that uh, Imbise man or woman, kill that man and let the snake go alive. <laughs> so what am I saying in essence is people just generalize. And I told him, I said, look, these are you know, words that have been for many, many years. And up to now, you are, you are com coming from that environment. He said, this is you. So you have to know who you are. And I remember when I got married, you know, and of course I'm, I'm from Ijebu, and they would say Ijebu people, ah, they are very... They like parties. They like parties. You know, and truly, if you don't, if you, don't you know, uh, uh, the Bible says if you don't speak what you believe, if you don't, I remember in those days, years back, I, I used to tell my... My wife, I said, I backslided. Because truly, I go to the mirror and I declare who the Bible says I am. So if you don't declare who you are, then 
whatever anybody say you are, then you are. Amen. 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 Yeah, I mean, those things are very, they, they are very important, right? The Bible says if we, if we uh, live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. In other words, it's possible for you to live in the Spirit and not walk in the Spirit, right? So, in other words, it's possible for God to have given you, qualified you, given you a name, has something in stock for you, and yet you're not able to walk in that reality because you have allowed other things to take the place of what God actually has said concerning you. you know? And um, we, we really need to bring to bear the power of words and the power of all these names. When, when people name you or they qualify you or they say something about you, you really, really need to know the power of that name. You say, as his name is, so is he. Right? And sometimes, that's why sometimes, you know, the kind of names that people bear, the kind of, you know, the kind of names that people bear, they go by. A lot of times, it dictates the kind of, you know, it, it, because, because names are prophetic in nature. Right? Names are prophetic, and you just fulfill the prophecies because you have heard it over and over and over and over and over and over. And by the time you, before you know it, you are acting that way. And if your name is nothing, people call you nothing, you discover that, you know, nothing is just good with you. You just begin, you know, you just begin to, and that's why, you know, we really, really, really need to understand. The Bible says, it is not what goes into, uh, it's not what goes into a man that defiles him, but what comes out of him. In other words, something's going inside you, and as they're going, you know, it might be innocent. Nothing is going to happen. But after a while, you begin to see the manifestation of those things as they begin to come from inside. They begin to come from inside. The Bible says, it said, the good man out of the abundance of the good things in his heart, he brings out good things. And the evil man out of the abundance of the evil man, out of the evil of his heart, he brings out evil things. In other words, sometimes a lot of things are innocent. You know, just called you by name. They just called you, you know. And we, I don't even know, I can't remember the name that that guy said he was, it was his nickname. But those days, you have people who have crazy names somewhere in secondary school. You know, some people, it's just only, you're a thief. You know? <laughs> and he will answer it gladly. He will answer, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, some people are weary. You know, all kinds of things. You just greet yourself. You know, you greet yourselves with this thing. Oh, idiot, how are you? <laughs> and it's just normal. We just think those things are normal. But you see, when you hear them out of the abundance of the air, you hear them and hear them over and over and over again. And somehow, you don't know how you, those things are you know, beginning to get manifested because what? They have occupied your mind. They have occupied, you know, the place where the word of God should be. And before you know it, you start acting it out. You start behaving that way, all right? Why? Because you, it's so much in your heart, you have come to believe it, and you always believe, you always act what you believe. What you believe is what you are going to act out. As a man thinketh, thank you, sir. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And that's why he said, and that same scripture says, he said, guard your heart with all diligence. He said, for out of it are the issues of life. And how do things, how do the things in your heart get there? It's by the things you hear. Yeah. Your eyes, your ears, your distance. So he said, guard your heart with all diligence. So how am I, go, how am I going to guard my heart? I'm guiding this day. He said, be careful what you see. He said, be careful what you see. Be careful what you speak. All right? Be careful what you hear. All those things the Bible, the Bible told us all that. Be careful what you see, what you hear, what you speak. Because those things, they end up becoming the abundance of the heart. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And then you begin to, you know, you begin to believe it. You begin to walk in it. And then you don't know how you just begin to ignore 
the things that, uh, that, you know, the things that God has said about you. You just forget them. And it's possible to forget those things. That's why uh, Paul was telling us, let us not be worrying. Let us not be worrying well doing. No, sorry. That's not the scripture. He said, um, he said, let us give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. You hear the word earnest? Earnest. Let us give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Lest by any means, they what? They slip away. In other words, the things that God has said about you, the things that you have declared about yourself, before you know it, they slip away. And in the realm of the spirit, to be honest with you, there are no vacuums. Immediately those things slip away, something else will come in and occupy it. And what are the things? The things you hear easily. The things you believe easily. So you now begin to discover that it's difficult for you to walk by faith. It's difficult for you to believe God. It's difficult for you uh, to, be, to walk in patience. It's difficult for you to walk in love. It's difficult for you to, to do all these things. It, it, it's, it's out of the abundance of these things that we have heard. And people have called us and named us. And then you just begin to see people begin to you know, behave and pour out those things. I don't know if anybody has anything to comment on. Thank you. Hello. Yeah. I wasn't here Sunday, but uh, as you were all talking, uh, the passage that came to my mind is uh, Galatians 3 13. Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law, being made a cause for us. For it is written, cause is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Uh, the enemy always brings guilt. And so when we dwell in that guilt, the devil will remind us, oh, just as you said, remember who you are, giving you another name. But we should quickly use the word that Christ has redeemed me. I mean, from, I mean like uh, Benjamin, when the mother bear the child, Benoni, and the father quickly renamed him. Jabez, in the Bible, we know what it said about him. So we can rename ourselves in light of the word of God. I always remind the devil when he brings the guilt, Christ has redeemed me. Any other person? Because this is, this is really, really, really the crux of the matter when we want to walk in the spirit. If you, Brother Sam, when we want to walk in the spirit, if we want to walk in the spirit, these are really, really important for us to, to, to bear in mind. You, you cannot continually act inconsistent with how you see yourself and how you perceive yourself. At one point or the other, the way you see yourself and the way you perceive yourself is going to come out. You cannot continually act inconsistent of how you see yourself. And I, I, I think that is why God changed the names of people in the Bible. Yeah, he changed uh, Sarai to Sarah. He changed Abraham to Abraham. He even changed the name of Jab you know, Jabez. Jabez. So um, we, we, we are to be careful about you know, our names. You know, there was a time... I thought of changing my name because <laughs> the name I was given by my parents uh, meant, um, you know, the survival of the fittest. 
survival of the fittest. And so that meant I had to be struggling in life. Yeah, struggling in life, struggling to survive. And I remember um, a, few, a few years back, and uh, I wanted God to give me a name. And uh, some of my praying uh, partners said, okay, you'll be named Joseph. But God said, you'll be named Stephen. I said, I don't want that name. Because Stephen was stoned. <laughs> Stephen was stoned. But, but uh, eventually, God told me, yeah, the flesh is going to be destroyed. The flesh. And it is only when you know, the flesh is gone, then the life of Christ will begin to manifest. And so I accepted that name. Um, so, you know, our names are very important because the names, your name identifies you. Your name identifies you. You tend to begin to act according to how you are named. You tend to begin to act according to how you are named. So, um, identity is so important. In fact, uh, in, in, my, in, in, in my ministry, one of the first things I teach is the issue of identity. The issue of identity. And our identity is based on our birth. Identity is based on our birth. Many people think that, you know, it is what you do that identifies you. No, it is not what you do. It is your birth. We are saints because we are born again. We are regenerated. We have our own physical identity and our own spiritual identity. And there are only two identities in this world, spiritually. Is that you are a saint or you are a sinner. Those are the only two identities that God recognizes. Either you are a saint or you are a sinner. You know. So um, I just wanted to throw that out there. Okay. There's somebody at the back there. Um, what I really want to share is just maybe like testimony, you know, of my life. Like, you know, um, we should be careful what we accept. Maybe like what people say maybe to us or maybe about us. We have the power, you know, to change it. Um, let me, okay, um, we know that, you know, I just had a baby. I was four weeks gone when I got to know that, you know, um, you know, I'm carrying the baby. So when I went to see the doctor, at first, you know, they told me that the baby is not in the interest, that the baby is in the fallopian tube. So they said, you know, they have a name for, you know, a pregnancy like that, that epitomic pregnancy or something, something like that. So the doctor said um, the pregnancy, you know, will not survive. But I let him know that, you know, you are not the one that gave me the baby, that the God that make it to happen know how it's going to sustain that baby and how it's going to protect the baby. So it was like, I said, yes. So I said, okay, that, you know, normally what, you know, that maybe they would terminate the pregnancy. I told him not to even, not to think about it, that the baby has come to stay. So he said, okay, that, you know, they will leave it, that maybe I should just watch out, that maybe um, I might see blood anytime, you know, you know, I just, I reject, you know, all of that. So, that one, like that. Then again, 
when I was asked to go and do scan. So I was told that they couldn't find the heartbeat or something. So I was just like, the God that I've started the good work is more than able, you know, to finish it. So I was not even shaking. So that one, you know, then at the point again, they were like, um, the baby, you know, they just kept saying all sorts of, you know, negativity and all that. Throughout that pregnancy, I have to go for scanning every month. Every month. The, they said maybe the, that, um, maybe she will be disabled, you know, things like that. Like, you know, the baby is not forming and all that. So I just kept, you know, rejecting it. That none of those things, you know, will come to stay. That, you know, it's more than able. Indeed, you know, it's a faithful God. So every time, you know, I would just like, a lot of things happen that, you know, that I cannot, that I cannot share right now. So Pastor because you can relate to that, you know, during that, you know, when I was sharing this, you know, I knew exactly how God has been so faithful. Amen. And, and let me just... Let me just say something, you know, based on what she said. You know, it is not just enough when, when something negative comes around you or something and say, oh, no, um, no, that's not me, that's not this thing. No, it's not just enough. That's not enough. You need to confront it with the word of God. What is the word of God saying concerning that situation? Because that's the same example we have, we have from Jesus. When the devil came and said, this thing, the devil did not say, oh, no, just this thing. He, he used the word of God at every point in time concerning that situation, concerning that circumstance, you know? So, in other words, what, what, this, what we're saying is it's not just enough to say, okay, oh, there's, this is a negative word, and not be filled with the word of God. Because the word of God is what is going to counteract whatever the situation or whatever the negative thing is, all right? Because in and of yourself, in, the reali in reality, in and of yourself, you can't take away those negative things. You can't do it. By, it's not by power. It's not by might. It's not uh, by energy, you know? Because some names that they have given some people, they give them, you know, it's your family name, family name and all that kind of, like, you know, uh, Dr. Nofiok now. It's, it's, a, it's been there. You cannot fight it. It's the word of God. You have to look for the word of God and fight every time. Every time the devil comes against you, you use the word of God against him. All right? So I just want to throw that out there that, um, that uh, even though we're saying, you know, reject it, but it's the word of God that you are going to use to reject it. You have to use the word of God to reject it. Especially uh, on Sunday when the man of God was teaching and the scripture that came to me was uh, um, uh, Elijah. When Elijah was saying to her, there shall be no rain except by my word. Every believer to come to, we should come to that, you know, come to terms with that. And except I said, this is not going to happen. But you know, because if the doctor just said, this is it, we have to accept it. Whose report will you believe? Everybody said, this is it. Everybody just accept it. And, but the man of God said, there shall be no rain. And the Bible says there was no rain for the space of three years and six months. And you look at it, and when you said it was not enough, you know, when he declared that there shall be no rain, the Bible says he went 
into God to pray. And the Bible says he put his head between his thigh and pray. That that word must come to pass. You know, when you have the spirit of God on the inside of you, and you know you really walk in the spirit, you declare some things and God put a stamp on it and said, because of you, it won't happen. And that's it. You know, I'll just close with this. You know, uh, in those days in Nigeria, I don't know about now. I think they have a lot of universities now. But in those days, there were so few universities. When I went, when I went to university in Nigeria, there were so few universities, and it was a struggle to get into universities. It doesn't, you know, at that time, for for the most part, if you, you know, your results don't count. It's who you know. A lot of times, it's it's who you know. You know. So, I remember, you know, was struggling, struggling to get admission. Could not get, you know, could not because I didn't know anybody. Struggling to get this thing. And I was just praying and meditating and praying and praying and praying and praying and saying, God, this thing has to be, this thing has to be. God just gave me a scripture. What scripture was it? Very weird scripture that God gave me. And I was wondering, I had to think a lot. Where is it? And the scripture, when I was praying about it, the scripture that came to my mind was, you know, there's a scripture that says, you know, uh, it is easier for the camel to go through the eye of a needle. That was a scripture that came to my mind. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. In other words, and God just told me, the revelation just came to my mind, that with God, the camel can go through the eye of the needle. My mind was settled. I was not listening. I came out on the business list. He doesn't know me. My name came out from the top. I don't know anybody. No, 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 Jack. I knew Christ. <laughs> I knew Christ. So, what I'm saying in essence is, you know, the, the efficacy of the word, the power of the word of God. Yes. That's what you use to fight, you know, every time the devil comes at you. Every time people come at you with negativity, it's what you use to fight. It's not just enough. You'll say, oh, no, that's not me. Oh, no, that's not this thing. That's not this. But it's the word of God. The word of God has to fill your heart and you use it to fight. All right. I will. Okay. okay. You know, when Paul says that that we should take every thought, every imagination captive to the obedience of Christ. You see, he qualified it. He said, to the obedience of Christ. In other words, what does Christ say? So when you take those thoughts that the enemy is just uh, uh, flagging around your head, you know, you take it captive. And you have to use the word of Christ, you know, to counter it. Because it is only the truth that can counter false. Yes. The truth that you know, the truth that you know will counter the falsehood that the enemy is trying to plant in your, in your mind. It's only the truth that sets us free, nothing else but the truth. Amen. So, um, I think uh, that's all. Let's just stand up and pray. And let's, let's just pray. We're praying about, you know, um, uh, the uh, fasting, this thing, this I just want us to just pray about that. And um, the, the, the theme this month is, you know, settled in the land. We're settled. We're settled. And one of the things that makes you settled is, is your identity. Uh, the main thrust of the theme was about uh, Isaac. Isaac in the land. That God told him, be settled in the land. But when we're saying be settled in the land, we're actually saying be settled in God. That's what we're really saying. Settle everything with God. Whatever the issue is, whatever your circumstances, settle it with God. Settle it with God. I don't know where you are tonight. I don't know what your situation is. All right? Now, we have known that, you know, your value does not diminish. And sometimes things may not be working, not because you are, being, you are, being, you are going through stuff or things, you know, things, things are bad around you. 
It's just that the owner of the currency is not ready to use you yet. Sometimes that's just the reason why things are not happening. It's not because something is wrong with you. It's not because you are going through something. It's just because sometimes the owner is not ready. But the truth about it is that you have value. Your value is still uh, this thing. Don't allow delays, so to say. Don't allow delays. Don't allow uh, uh, negative circumstances to diminish your value. When God is ready for you, I bet you, you know, uh, uh, God, God will be there to, to make sure you, you have the, what the overcomers, whatever the thing is. You remember the story, I remember the story of, uh, of the laborers. When Jesus went and t- telling us the parable of laborers, when he went there and he was bringing them, you know, one by one, he went out by six, nine, twelve, and then in the evening, three and six p.m. And, you know, the guys who were last end the same thing as the guy who were first. The guys who were first were beginning to get jealous and they were like, oh, why, do you, why are you doing this to us? Why are you? He said, everybody, what Jesus Christ is saying is that everybody has the same value. It does not matter where you start. It does not matter when you start. Your value does not change. Your value does not diminish. God will reward you the way he intends to reward every other person. So I just want you to know that this evening and I just want you to settle it in your mind. Settle it that God is with you. God is for you. I just want us to settle. Just pray this evening. Let's, let's pray. Let's settle it. Let's settle this identity thing. Let's settle this God thing. Let's settle this relationship thing with God. Let's just settle it that God is for us. He's, he's I mean, he's, he's so, he's so, he's so, uh, uh, he's so enamored with you. God, God loves you. He loves you beyond description. The Bible says his love for you, as a love of God, it passes understanding. You cannot comprehend the love of God the way he loves you. You cannot articulate the word of God enough because words are not sufficient to articulate how much God loves you. Words are not enough to articulate the things that God has prepared for you. It's, it's, the Bible declares that God has prepared certain things for you. I say, God has prepared. He said, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. Neither has the mind been able to conceive what God has prepared. In other words, something has been prepared for you. There is something that is prepared. What God has prepared for them that love him. And I just want to say tonight, if you are born again, you are a child of God, I want to declare to you that you are a lover of God. Now, it may not, it may not show the way you are doing it, but God has put the capacity of a lover of himself in you. Because he said, God has shed abroad his love in our hearts. In other words, you have the capacity of love. The capacity of the love of God is in your heart. And if the capacity of love of God is in your heart, then God has prepared something for you. So I want you to just begin to know and declare and tell yourself, it doesn't matter what my state is. It doesn't matter what my situation is. It doesn't matter what my circumstance is. Famine might be in the land like it was in the days of old. The Bible says then, and not that famine was in the land, apart from the famine that was in the day of Abraham. There was famine in the land. But God was still with, Jacob, uh, with Isaac. God was still with Isaac. He knew. The same God that was with Abraham was the same God that was with Isaac. And, the same pl- and he did not have the same plan for them. He had different plans for them to overcome the famine. But at the end of the day, the end product, the end result was that the famine did not affect them. God supplied them because God has prepared something for every one of them. In the same way, I want you to know tonight that God has prepared something for you. Just settle it in your mind. Settle it in your mind. Settle it in your mind. Settle every situation, settle every circumstance 
in your mind. Settle it. Just settle it. It does not matter what I'm going through tonight. It does not matter what my family is going through. It does not matter what my friends have that I don't have. It does not matter the situation. I just want you to know, settle it tonight that God has something in stock for you. That God has prepared for you. Even before you came into the scene, before you appeared on the scene, God has prepared for you. He has made provisions for you. Before you even showed up, before the problem even showed up, God has a solution. He has an answer. And I want to tell you that your situation, your circumstance is not taking God by surprise. It's not taking God by surprise. It has not taken God by surprise. That God is still sitting on the throne. He is still the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And he will not change. He is the same God. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. He is the beginning. He is the end. He created all things by the word of his power. And therefore, I just want you to know, I want you to understand tonight that you need to settle the fact that God is on your side. The Bible declares that if God be for us, if God be for us, in other words, God is for you. God is for you. He said, if God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us, who can be against us? Therefore, settle it tonight. I want you to be settled tonight. I want you to settle it tonight. That as, as I'm living here tonight, as I live here tonight, I am assured of the facts that I am settled in God. My mind is settled. I am at peace with God. I am at peace with what God has said concerning me. I am at peace with his word. I am at peace with grace. I am at peace with his love. God has given me peace all around me. God around me. It doesn't matter what the situation is, what your circumstances. I just want you to know that God, God is for you. God is for you. He, 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 he is for you. He is with you. And he will uphold you in every situation. Imagine what has been happening. Imagine. Imagine. The Bible, left to the devil, he will have destroyed you. Left to the devil. If everything was in the power of the devil to do, he will have destroyed you. The, power, the, the Bible declares. He says, say, if it was not for the mercies of the Lord, we would have been consumed. That's what the devil does. He comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But that you're still alive this evening. You're still alive here now to manifest the grace of God. It shows that God is with you. He's the one upholding you. He upholds all things by the word of his power. I'm telling you tonight that God has you in his hand. He's upholding you. He's upholding every situation, every circumstance. I want to tell you, is it your child? God is upholding your child. Is it your family? God is upholding your family. Is it your job? God is upholding your job. It doesn't matter what situation is tonight. I want to tell you that God is upholding you. Because the Bible declares, the Bible tells us he upholds all things. He holds all things by the word of his power. This night, God is holding you by the word of his power. I just want you to believe it tonight. I want you to believe it tonight. I want you to believe it tonight. And begin to declare to yourself that I'm free. I'm free from, from every oppression. I am free from every fear. I'm free from every distraction. I settle myself. I'm settled in the things of God. I exchange my burden this night. I exchange my burden this night. He said, he said, come to me all that are weary and heavy laden and I'll give you rest. God is calling us to give us rest this night for us to enter into our rest this morning, this night. Because he said, there remains a rest for the people of God. In other words, there's rest for you. There's rest for you. In spite of your situation, there's rest for you. You can enter into that rest. You can step into the rest of God this evening and begin to enjoy the bliss that is called grace. You begin to enjoy the bliss that is called the love of God. You begin to enjoy the bliss that is called peace. You begin to enjoy the bliss that is called the grace of God. Tonight, I want you to know that it's settled. The Bible declares, it says, forever, O Lord, your word is settled. Your word is settled. So everything that God has said concerning you is settled. 
It's settled this evening. It is settled. Everything that God has said is settled. He said, I know my thoughts towards you. They are thoughts of good and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. You have a future. You have a hope. I want you to settle that. I know I want you to settle that this evening. I want you to settle it. I want you to settle it. That God is in charge. He is in charge of, the, of, 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 of everything. He is in charge of my life. He is the one in control. He is the one in control. All I need to do is just tune in to the frequency in which God is operating. And I begin to walk in the reality of what he's saying. I don't care what you're going through tonight. One of my favorite scriptures, one of my power scriptures, is all things work together for my good. Nothing that is happening that is catching God unawares concerning me. This night, I want you to know there's nothing that is happening around you that catches God unawares. God is aware. And I tell you something that God is going to work it out in his grace. That's why there's something called the grace factor. All things work together. It doesn't matter how bad it is. It doesn't matter how good it is. It doesn't matter how, how terrible it is. At the end of the day, God is going to turn it around. He's going to turn it around. He's going to make it work out for his good. Remember Joseph. Remember what Joseph went through. Joseph went through all kinds of dreams. His dreams looked like they were going to die. His dreams looked like they were not going to happen. But what did God do? The Bible says what, did, what they thought for evil, God turned it around for good. Everything they did. He went through all kinds of things that would have killed him. But God preserved him. God preserved him in the pits. God preserved him in the prison. And God preserved him in the palace. The same God that was with him in the pit was the same God that was with him in the palace. I just want you to know that God makes all things work together for your good. He makes all things work together for your good. I don't care if your finances are in the pit tonight. I just want you to settle it. That all things work together for your good. All things are working together for our good. Father, this evening we just want to thank you. We bless you this evening because of what your word says concerning us. Thank you for who you have made us to be, O oh God. We thank you and we bless you. We glorify you. We exalt you for everyone that is here this evening, O oh God. Help us to be able to settle it once and for all that you are for us. Help us to be able to settle it once and for all that your love is sufficient for us. Help us to be able to settle it once and for all that your grace is sufficient for us. That it doesn't matter what our situation and our circumstances. It doesn't matter where we are. It doesn't matter what our state is in life. That you are for us. And you be with us. Father, we thank you. We bless your holy name. We give you praise. We give you praise. We exalt you. Father, we just thank you this evening. I don't know. I just, I just have a prompting this evening. I just want you to just begin to speak the word of God concerning yourself. Whatever word of God you know, whatever the word of God that has been spoken to you or spoken concerning you or you have read or you know, just begin to appropriate it to yourself this evening. Begin to speak the word. Begin to declare the word. Begin to declare the word of God upon yourself, upon your life. Begin to declare. Begin to declare the word of God concerning your situation. Begin to declare. It's the word of God. The Bible says it is the word of his power. He created all things by the word of his power and everything answers to his name to his word. Everything answers to his word because it was the material with which God used to create the world. God used it to create the world. He used it to create every situation and every circumstance. If all you can say this evening is that God lost me, God lost me, that is okay. If all you can say this evening is, is, uh, is I have rest in God, that's okay. But just declare the word of God. Don't allow tonight go without you declaring the word of God. Making the word of a declaration of the word of God concerning you, concerning the situation. Let the word of God settle everything. Let the word of God settle everything. Let it settle everything tonight. Let the word of God settle everything tonight. Declare the word of God. The word of God is power. The Bible declares that the word of God is power. The word of God is like hammer. The word of God destroys. It breaks everything. He said the word of God is quick and 
active. The word of God is quick. It is active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It can divide asunder. I want to tell you tonight that as you speak the word of God, the word of God it begins to quicken. It begins to make alive. It begins to bring certain things alive in you. Certain, certain things that God has said concerning you. Certain things that you have believed on the word of God. God begins to quicken them this evening by his word. Father, we just want to thank you for your word. Your word is powerful. Your word is powerful. Your word is packed with power. Father, we thank you. We bless you. Thank you, O God, for every yoke has been destroyed by the reason of the word of God. Every bondage has been broken by the reason of the word of God. Thank you, O God, because of the, by the reason of your word, we are not confused this evening. In the name of Jesus. Where there's confusion, we bring light to it, O God. In the name of Jesus. Father, where there's suffering, we bring relief tonight. By the power of your word, O God. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. That your word goes before us in every situation and every circumstance. You speak the word. We remember what the, what the woman said, uh, what, the, what the servant, uh, centurion said. He said, speak the word only and my son or my child shall be made well. Father, this evening we just declare that your word only is able to bring about a turnaround in every situation. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you. We glorify and exalt you. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed.